This is our podcast that we've been doing for almost a year now. Yes. And uh, thank you to everyone who has followed along, joined in, uh, listened in, even if only once. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) No, we are very grateful for you. This is where we give our opinions, where we talk about politics, news, Christianity, um, all sorts of different uh, kind of newsworthy topics and our takes on them and how we think Christians should be thinking about them. So thank you for joining the ride. Uh, it's been yeah. it's been quite the year to launch such a podcast. Um, for those who yeah. were here for the very first one or even those who were on our private soft launch, uh, oh. those are mostly our family members. Thank you, siblings. Um, yep. we started this podcast kind of out of January 6th and, you know, in conversations throughout the year, I think a lot of people, January 6th left them a little bit unmoored and questioning. And, um, I think that ended up being kind of a pattern through the year hmm. with, um, you know, the pandemic continuing longer than a lot of people thought with uh, different news events, um, natural disasters, different things this year kind of continued the unmooring of last year. Mm -hmm. So we're very glad we did this. We felt like God was calling us to do it. We're going to keep doing it. Um, We will with a new schedule. With a new schedule. Taylor, what's the new schedule? Every other week. Every other week. <laughs> we were doing it weekly, which I guess is fine. But then towards the, what, the last part of the year, especially with you being pregnant, just felt like kind of a... We'd, we'd hit Thursday night recording time and just kind of look at each other and like, oh. So, yeah. We so have the energy, the brain power. <laughs> For our energy and probably your consumption of our content. <laughs> <laughs> True. So, every other week. And we'll throw in some guests. We started that at the end of the year. We'll continue throwing in some special guests. Yeah. We had what, Beth Bailey. Was she our first guest? I think so, yeah. And then and Neil Chilson. Those were, those, that, that, those were great episodes. I learned a ton. Yeah. So I enjoyed we, it. We look forward to bringing in more. Yeah. Um, but today, it being the last day of 2021, we are going to do kind of a year in review, as is popular to do. Uh, we'll talk about what we, the Barclays, learned. Kind of a recap of what happened this year. It's hard to remember all the way back. Yeah. This year is kind of never ending. And then our favorite our thinkers of the year um and you know what we're gonna skip the stinkers and go out on a high oh, note <laughs> just thinkers just thinkers just thinking is thinkers thinking is thinkers so starting off what we learned taylor what did you learn this year <laughs> man i was trying to think of like the thing like, what did i maybe change my mind oh i guess it's one way to well, so I, I read a lot of books this year. It was a very, I had an objective read, 70 books. Wow. I hit 66. Impressive. I don't, I don't think I'm going to finish my final two. Even then, I guess it'd only be 68. Whatever. I'm still pleased with it. Uh, it was an intentional stretch. I think I learned a lot reading these volumes. Um, but I guess the, the change my mind thing with being COVID year two um post trump political world well not really it's like trump light <laughs> trump's never going away 
just the overall, I guess, uh, fervor of political discussions. I think being more comfortable with not engaging. Mm, like you don't have to fight every battle. Yeah. Letting things go. <laughs> kind of that, you know, a famous XKCD comic of, you know, honey, come to bed. It's like, I can't. Well, what are you doing? There's someone wrong on the internet. <laughs> you know, I have to fix every, mm. everyone, everything I disagree with, I have to respond to it. I uh, still feel that way about a lot of things, but I guess with like the mainstream things, like the vaccine debates and yeah, political discussions, just kind of letting it go. <laughs> well, I'm going to sit this one out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, well, the realization that everyone's pretty entrenched, right? right? Like we're not, on most things, people aren't looking to change their minds Inclu- yeah. us included right yeah right right right. you know you get in these discussions like i'm not probably not going to change my mind you're probably not going to change yours so <laughs> let's have an enjoyable conversation <laughs> yeah and it, i mean it's it's tough that's a tough pill to swallow because i like to think that you know well i look at the data <laughs> and make decisions off of that so you should look at the data and make decisions off of that but like that's what that other person's thinking too in all likelihood and this maybe gets to the relevancy of Jonathan Haidt's 2012 classic. I think it was 2012. Somewhere around there. A righteous, uh, the Righteous Mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, like how we make moral decisions, basically. Um, most of it's emotionally driven, kind of intuitive gut feeling. He refers to that as like the elephant, so to speak, and, you know, analogy, metaphor whatever it is and an elephant but then those are the rider and that's like the the rational uh brain kind of decision making and you know an elephant will go where it wants to go even if a rider is jink you know jerking hard right the elephant can still choose to go left and the rider can't do much about it and we that's kind of how our decision making frameworks usually work mm. um, according to this one person <laughs> jonathan Haidt. but anyway it's been one thing i guess i've learned this year hmm. cool it <laughs> that's taylor's tagline i'm gonna go with my gravestone <laughs> um <laughs> he cooled it or, I, don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I will not put that on your gravestone okay <laughs> um for me this is something i think i s- said it in um one of the articles that interviewed me to talk about the um my tumor experience and disability experience is that um, miracles happen a millimeter a month. And we, if you're Hmm. around us, we talk a lot about how 2021 for us was a year of going from surviving to thriving. We had two years of surviving. The tumor happened in 2019 and just kind of white knuckling it through, figuring it all out. And today actually, Um, So every year I do a family album for us where I go through all of our, you know, thousands of iPhone pictures from the year and I pull it all, all of the highlights together in one family album. And I really love doing this. It's not drudgery for me because I look back and I see everything that we did this year. And um, this year was just the culmination of prayers and crying out in hope to God over the past two years that were pretty bleak Hmm. and wondering, I don't know if these prayers are going to get answered or it, 
feels audacious to pray these prayers because they just seem so, um, I'm going to be so disappointed if they're not Hmm. answered. Yeah. Um, but this year we saw so many of them answered and, um, many of them were not these like miraculous flashbang moments. They were like Hmm. little marches millimeter a month up to this like realization of the miracle or the answered prayer. So, you know, the biggest example, obvious example of this is my, um, strength in walking, Hmm. you know, when, it was hard to imagine walking at all in the summer of 2019. But now, you know, being able to walk a little bit hands-free, you know, with no walker carrying a couple steps and more than a couple. Yeah. Yeah. I could, uh, walk across the room and then, you know, what I'm doing in physical therapy and squatting on it. Anyway, I would have, that wasn't something that I just like, I wasn't walking one day the next day I woke up and it was bang and happened. Um, there was some prayer and some sweat equity <laughs> and slow, slow development there. And then, you know, our other miracle prayed for a while wondering like, are we going to be able to have another child? And then we got pregnant this year. Yeah. Um, and lots of, lots of things this year. So that's kind of my, my biggest, <laughs> better understanding of prayer life and miracles <laughs> and answers. Millimeter. Yeah. I mean, even we reflected this year too on how when you were in the rehab hospital, looking at the people walking in the harness, hanging from the ceiling and just was like, oh, like maybe Rachel will someday get to do that. It was unimaginable. Yeah. And now you can do it without anything. Mm-hmm. Pretty cool. Yeah. What's so, our next section? This is the things we've learned personally this year. Um moving on to what the heck happened this year. <laughs> so yeah, obviously we already covered why we started this podcast at the very beginning of the year. Um, January 6th happened. And then that was, you know, the storming of the Capitol yep. and questioning whether the election results were um, accurate or not and who was going to be our president. Um, and then on January 13th, then President Trump was impeached just days before the inauguration. And this is the year there, a new president came in. It just feels like it's been like three years or something, but it's only been. <laughs> I know. I mean, we were trying to wait it. Like it's it occurred to me January 6th felt like four years ago or something. Yeah. It's just been an event. Cause, well, I think you wrote down a number of events, but I was looking at this Axios article the relentless 2021 news cycle in one chart we'll put this in the the email right but just i mean those events you've mentioned but there's like uh, i don't know 50 things measuring google searches kind of what was driving the news cycle and it's you know stimulus check siege on capital donald trump voting impeachment parlor inauguration joe biden larry king kamala harris paris agreement gamestop myanmar tom brady texas snowstorm and you know it goes on from there but then that's only like through March. <laughs> but there's just these, you know, throughout the year, these things that peak over yeah. and over. Um, anyway, yeah, a lot did happen this year. I wonder, because uh, Af- th- 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 what were you going to say? I mean, the end of the war in Afghanistan and the yeah. disastrous withdrawal. Yep. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, all these instances, and I wonder, was it getting true? vaccinated? <laughs> yeah, like that, right? the vaccine became available. Yeah. Everyone kind that of felt like they went back to normal this summer for a short bit, and then suddenly all these variants popped up. Yeah, like Delta variant really hitting hard in August. We even had that podcast episode about being post-pandemic. <laughs> yeah. Uh, whoops. Uh, and now, yeah, just it's what endemic is the phrase being thrown around, and you know, living with the virus, um, no thing. It, it, people talk about just so, and even just like right now with was it yesterday the Boulder fires, mm-hmm. Omicron. Just I was seeing on Twitter people talking about it's like oh. I can't handle all these like multiple crises at a time. Hmm. And I wonder, are there more things happening or are we just more aware of things happening? And then because of our ability to communicate with each other directly in social media and kind of these cycles of start your own podcast. Yeah. People are starting their own podcast really nearly that things just kind of get highlighted more than they used to. Whereas, you know, 200 years, where most of human history, if you didn't live in a city or like a capital of an empire, you would have gotten news in like fits and starts. Right. You wouldn't know. Like you find out, oh, now we're, we're not Rome. We're not Greek anymore. We're now Romans. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, oh, it happened six months ago that, you know, this battle happened and now he, there's a new ruler. Right. Yeah, that is. I, I've thought that too. Of like, is this just this kind of relentless news cycle, and we're all everyone kind of self commentates more, and this kind of gets I to so. my. I mean, it's not my theory. A lot of people have this theory <laughs> that we're kind of in a like, who can we trust? How can you know? Crisis. Um, yeah, we've talked about that in prior episodes. Yeah, and I think there. Maybe this plays a lot into this insane news cycle that you're talking about that it feels like so much has happened this year is that it's because we're all tuned in more because we're all kind of wondering what do I believe about this, right? Um, We, Uh, by and large, people have just kind of gone to their tribes, but you don't really really trust what's coming out of like the white house press secretary's mouth you don't really trust what's coming out of you know congressional briefings you don't really trust what the mainstream media is saying but then do you trust these bloggers that are out there right. or podcast speakers or whatnot right and so maybe there's this huh. piece too that we're all tuned in a little more because you're kind of wondering, well, and, and figuring out what do I actually believe and how do I change my life around this? Yeah, that's a good point. Like we all have to, we have to be our own, um, I guess authority in a sense. Yeah. I guess I, I still find it helpful to have like the short hand. Like this came up the other day, actually. I was recommending a book uh, and I was like, oh, like, You've read it. And I said, actually, I haven't, but my tribe really likes it. So I'm going like, <laughs> to go, like, go with it. And, you know, I'm a fil- familiar enough where like, I can endorse it. Mm-hmm. But it, I mean, it's kind of saying that out loud is like, oh, yeah, that's sort of how uh, I operate and others operate. Yeah. You know, we, we kind of pick our, our tribes, you know, what's, what are the, who are the, what are the, what are the people I trust reading? What do they believe? Right. And we run with that. And, you know, we, we, I think we see this especially 
in the you know covid responses mm-hmm. with like masking being super regional like kind of a microculture right and you walk there was that great atlantic piece i think earlier this month uh I think basically a very non-Atlantic perspective of like where I live, COVID is basically over. Yeah. And this person like coming to DC and he's like, I've never seen someone wear a mask outside before. <laughs> uh, it just like blew his mind. But then it like for the people in DC, it like blows their mind that people aren't, you know, they're going to concerts or whatever. And it's just like that sort of, I think we get that from our like you know, geographic to an extent, but also maybe uh, ideological Right. Uh, epistemological tribe. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. And, you know, it's. I think you see a lot of big news outlets saying, like, that this is the year where we question if democracy can survive. And I feel like that's a little pessimistic in that. Yes. It, it's probably just more in our face because we do live in this global most interconnected world we've ever lived in mm-hmm. but probably throughout human history right there's been geographical different you just didn't know yeah. <laughs> that you know kansas was so different from new york because it wasn't in your face all the time and right um there were probably always these big differences um mm-hmm. I, I i don't know if we're at this crisis level, I mean, you know, half the country not believing that an election is legitimate, that could be <laughs> uh, um, a serious source of yeah. uh, a future, you know, civil war or whatnot. But I mean, yeah, TBD. Um, I think I'm more in the camp, though, of like you said, yeah, there's overly pessimistic takes like the was that? you were looking at the trailer last night on Netflix, so like death to 2021. Right. right. And this, this kind of like popular notion that the world's never been so chaotic or, yeah. uh, there've never been so many crises. Like that's, it's, that's not true at all <laughs> in the scope of human history. It kind of goes to this awareness thing we're talking about. But then like then the dem- democracy question in particular, democracy is always fragile, right? Yeah. Like we do live in a very weird, rare moment in time you know 200 plus years in america of like having well if you were white and a man (laughs) (laughs) uh rights to vote and stuff like that and then of of course yeah of course more recently you know more universal suffrage but um yeah you know tbd i guess on those like questions and people do kind of i think leap to these like oh it's never been so terrible so bad and we're like there's just yeah this overwhelming pessimism and dark outlook when look at history exactly there have been much worse pandemics Mm -hmm. you know worse um probably worse uh civil unrest oh absolutely yeah you know civil unrest that actually resulted in more violence the amount of bombings in the 60s oh yeah that happened domestically just from like americans bombing other americans we're not talking about you know foreign invaders or you know foreign terrorism it's like people mailing bombs, people dropping off bombs in churches. A president assassinated. Yes, uh, attorney general assassinated. Like with you know, civil rights. Like the late sixties were just incredibly chaotic. With I mean, whole, yeah, so January sixth is kind of nothing compared to a president being assassinated. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like if that happened now, 
it's just i mean what i guess reagan what is is the last president shot yeah um even just shot you know he lived but uh yeah multiple presidents have been assassinated throughout history right right anyway (laughs) yeah we digress this is kind of our (laughs) shtick if you haven't been cool it (laughs) yeah tuning in long enough that we are optimists actually and that yep we think that there are too many pessimistic takes. So that could be our our hot take on 2021 is that it ain't that bad. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, write to us. Tell us we're wrong. Next segment we're going to switch over to. So we have been told by a lot of you that you love stinkers and thinkers. Uh, we're going to end with talking about our favorite media of the year, our thinkers of the year. Um, and yeah. Tell us, tell us also what you think. What what have been your favorites that we missed that we should yeah. tune into? Taylor, what was your favorite oh, movie? Favorite movie, I think. Barb and Star go to Vista Del Mar. <laughs> uh, you know, I don't I don't know if a lot of people talked about it. Uh, I don't think everyone even liked it. <laughs> but when in, I think we did we watch the whole trailer. I don't even think we watched the whole trailer. Okay, because sometimes, you know, you watch a trailer for a comedy and it's like all, like at 90% of the jokes in the trailer and then it's just is a bummer. So I think we stopped it. We stopped the trailer, mm-hmm. let's watch this thing. And it was just, I think I grinned the whole time. <laughs> we were, I don't know if it was the mood we were in or what, but we just thought it was hilarious. I keep wanting to watch it again, but you say no. I just wonder if it's like, you know, one of those movies that you watch <laughs> and it's so funny in the moment you watch again and you're like, oh, that wasn't it's gonna that gonna ruin funny. it? Yeah. I, I think it'll hold up. Keep the up. magic alive. I think it'll hold up. <laughs> that was my top movie. It was great. I couldn't decide between two. And I always, these like favorites, I always have a hard time because I have like different categories of types right. of favorites. So I went with like what left the biggest impression on me this year. And the two movies, um, one is introducing Selma Blair about her. Yeah, it was it just it left a big impact on me um, about her journey with MS and trying to and she gets stem cell implants and being and hoping and praying and the excruciating um, journey that she went through. And it was very. She just kind of let it all hang out and was very real. Hmm. Um, yes, she did. Yeah. That was on Discovery Plus. I think you can watch it. Uh, it was very good. And then my other, which I think maybe why I noted it is because I'm surprised that, that I liked it this much, was Dune. <laughs> <laughs> Again, I mean, you guys have heard, I don't like space things, nope. but it was just so good. And then... Just a general observation. I feel like Taylor and I both this year have just liked anything with Timothy Chalamet in it. That's true. We did watch, you know, Don't Look Up like everyone else. That's a whole other discussion, but he's in it. (laughs) If there was a stinker, we might. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's a whole, we should have a whole thing about it. Yeah. Uh, He was the best character. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. yeah, We both like, yeah, there's Timothy and he was great. Stole the movie. Yep, and I I don't think it came out this year, but watched um, the Woody Allen movie, Rainy Day in New York. He was in yep. that. Really great. Yep. Good so, Dune. Yeah, we just... What did you like about Dune, though, if you don't like space? <sighs> the storyline was excellent. And just uh-huh. visually, it was just like... Yeah, it was... I could just sit and watch this. Kind of mesmerizing. 
Yeah, it did like what very few sci-fi movies do, like a new world that's compelling yeah. and like relatable. It's not like so weird. It's yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't like so alien right. focused. Yeah. Um, books. Any any top hits on your recommendations on books this year? Books out of um, your almost seventy. My, I think the one that will probably stick with me. It has stuck with me. Like I bring it up probably too much is a secular age by charles taylor <laughs> like this happened the other weekend when i went fishing with some buddies we we're having you know, dinner and sharing like life stories and i was like well like you know this a secular age of charles taylor like, he talks about this notion of like you know an enchanted world and a disenchanted world and how we live now in a time where it's like we have these sort of like uncanny like spiritual moments but we can just as easily like dismiss them as like net and people were just like, uh-huh like you know <laughs> I, I sort of glaze over and like i, I trotted out too often at parties mm. it's what it's like you kind of had to be there i think so but it's just like it, it was you know the whole you know you're we're fish swimming in water like do we know we're in water and it's wet or not and there's one of those books. It's like, oh, here's the world you live in, Taylor. Mm. And it's like, oh, like the whole, like all of human history hasn't thought that, like, I don't know, the the woods aren't enchanted by sp- forced sprites and spirits. <laughs> like that was like default human belief mm. for like most of human history. And now, now just in Iceland. Like I'm reading this book now about night, <laughs> like nighttime and just how like mainly about like Western uh, culture and their dealings with nighttime and just how it was completely different notion of thinking about night and darkness than we think about it now um, because of all the lighting that we have and cheap and abundant energy and blah 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 but anyway see like these are the kind of trails i get in i'm like happy already people just want to talk about whatever it's like not you know that we haven't always lived like this then <laughs> like maybe the one i couldn't put down i was trying to review it was maybe a toss-up between like uh, station 11 mm. emily st john mundell and then pachinko Oh yeah. Um, I forget the author's name. I do too, but the Pachinko is really good. Yeah. What about your books? So this year, I read more than I ever have. I definitely was not on Taylor's level, but I read twenty-eight books, and I did better than previous years because I decided that I'm just going to start reading what I like instead nice. of reading what I think I should be reading to be smart or what whatever. What was like the difference in number taking that me- method or like, or maybe I, how you felt. I don't know how you want to measure like the, I think I read like 10 more books this year. Well, that's, that's a good bump. And I like looked forward to my mm. nighttime reading. It was like, Oh, I'm looking forward to this rather than like, well, I'm, it's going to put me to sleep in three pages and that's the point. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, definitely more of an enjoyable hobby this year than like something I have to just swallow. Mm. Um, and so my favorite genre is historical fiction and I found a great author, Stephanie Dre was, is her name. And I read two of her books this year that I really liked. One was My Dear Hamilton about, Eliza Hamilton, Hamilton's wife, hmm. Alexander Hamilton's li- wife, and kind of their lives told from her perspective is excellent. And then the women of Chateau Lafayette about kind of three different generations that lived in Lafayette's castle hmm. and how their lives kind of intertwined and were similar. And 
that one was really excellent. The American or American Revolutionary Lafayette? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. The Frenchman who came and fought in the American Revolution, out. who was also made an appearance in the Hamilton book because right. they were buddies. Ah, mm-hmm. what a world. The uh, the author of Pachinko, Min Jin Lee. Ah. That was good. That was good. Uh, what about TV shows? Ooh. I can go first. Yeah. <laughs> um, I found just this year, we uh, we Barclays had a pretty intense year. We started this podcast. Both of our work picked up a lot. I started working again. Yep. Um, and, you know, we were just a little more tired. And second half of the year, being pregnant. Uh, so really wanted something light and fun. <laughs> uh, and two shows I really liked because they were light and fun and i felt like the characters we were just friends by the end were um kim's convenience and never have i ever uh it's like a show mindy kaling i think directed or created never have i ever that was the name of it right with the Indian American girl oh. in high school. And the, the tennis player narrator. Yes, John uh, McEnroe. Yeah, that, that, was, that was enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Those, <laughs> are, <laughs> those are my two. <laughs> my favorite show? Mm-hmm. <sighs> I'm to think. We watch a lot together. Mm-hmm. Is there any that I've watched on my own? watch the expanse i'm still watching the expanse yeah 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 finished that series their last the last book in that series came out this this year it's pretty good i think i think people like rave a little bit too much about it yeah but uh i don't i don't disagree with those show picks (laughs) (laughs) all right ditto (laughs) what about what about other just other media other media um music that new War on Drugs al- album popped it on and it's like, oh, this is it. And then um, oh, it's called 662 Kingfish something. It's the artist's name. Just blues. It's that blues album I play a lot. Oh. Uh, very like just straight up, no frills, <laughs> blues. Uh, those are two good musical picks hmm. along with, you know, uh, a few other selections. Uh <laughs> podcasts built for tomorrow the mars hill podcast mm-hmm. is also quite good you know those are the two that i you know, built for tomorrow mars hill uh that if they popped into my feed i'd listen to them uh not to be missed um and then one uh, one conversation the tyler podcast episode hmm. um that's a really good one if you're not familiar with it tyler cowan economist george mason university interviews all sorts of people, but the one he did with Dan Goya was really interesting. Like a guy who worked at, I think it was like Procter and Gamble. And then was like an opera singer too. And like, he had like eight different, like diverse professions and just had like thoughts on everything. And it was wow. just fascinating. It just made me feel like I don't read anything or know anything. <laughs> Haven't lived. Felt like an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> but it was just really, really, really cool interview in only like 55 minutes but i've thought a lot about it It probably came out in i don't know wow august Hmm. dan goya spelled like g-o-i-a i I think i read that or i didn't listen to that yet um my like when i thought back in the year 
things I really loved. Um, I did a lot of cooking from the Half-Baked Harvest Instagram account and blog. Uh, she had really like creative, excellent recipes. So love that account. Um, podcasts, uh, Laura Vanderkam has one best of both worlds, kind of practical advice and interviews with different powerhouse working moms. And hmm. uh, I forget the tagline, but it's something like loving both being a mom and working hmm. um, and kind of, you know, the balance between work and motherhood and organization of all that. So I always really like that one. Um, then music. I talked about this probably a couple episodes. Ellie Holcomb, her new stuff this year was really defining for me. Yeah. What about like spiritual resource? Mm. Book, podcast. I think hearing, hearing God was really good. Yeah, Dallas we both Willard. read that. Yeah, that was quite good. Uh, I liked what, Preparing for Heaven? That's oh, yeah. maybe my the one that stuck with me the most hmm. by uh da, 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 i'm trying to look it up here uh gary black jr preparing for heaven what dallas willard taught me about living dying and eternal life hmm. there's maybe a little less on like i was expecting more about uh this man who was with dallas willard dying of cancer that there'd be more kind of anecdotes but it was hmm. more heavily in kind of like theology of death hmm. Um, but this idea of, you know, our life here and eternal life on the other side of death, not being like two separate things, but kind of a continuation mm. with, you know, our bodies dying is just like a transition point. So living our lives here is preparation for eternity. Hmm. That was a helpful thought to me of like, it's not like, okay, I have my like, uh, physical existence and then you know spiritual and then new embodied existence later and I'll get to that when it comes but it's more mm. of a uh, one whole thing to think about hmm. right that's good so it was a, it was I a, it's a topic we don't talk about I know I know nobody wants to talk about dying <laughs> I know uh, but it, which is odd because it's like the one thing we can count on yeah, was it was it this year that the Tim Keller article on I think so dying of cancer came out in the Atlantic? I think it was. I think um, so. That really made an impact as well. Um, if you haven't read it, I'm trying to remember. Put it in the notes. Put it in the notes. But the it, email. Subscribe to the email. Growing my faith in the face of death, written back in March, uh, was a really good read on that topic. Hmm. Well, any final thoughts, Rachel, for 2021? This is the last day of 2021. 2021, Barclays went from surviving to thriving. It's a great year. I need to look at that photo album. Yeah. I haven't gone through the the (laughs) photos like you have. I'm excited. Um, And then for the country, the world maybe, Mm -hmm. things are still trending up. (laughs) It's not the end of the world as we know it. That's what, right. That's my takeaway. There are challenges, but what else is new? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what else is new? <laughs> um, we should, I mean, we don't want to be flippant too about like the scope of the challenges, right? Like yeah, they're real. Let's, you know, we can, we can meet them. We can all do our part, mm-hmm. but uh, God is with us. That's right. 
into 2022. All right. Well, thanks everyone for listening. See you next year.